0: Welcome everyone, you are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg.
1: But you know when you think about how God took care of the Levites and, and the land and, 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 and not giving them an inheritance of land because the Bible says that the Lord was their inheritance. By serving him in the tabernacle and in the temple, doing the sacrifices, the ministry of that whole thing. It's a big production. <laughs> By doing that, that was going to be their inheritance. And you know, you and I, even as part of the church, what does Paul or what does Peter say, I'm sorry, in First Peter chapter two he says, "But you now, you are a chosen generation. Notice a royal priesthood How can I keep it from shouting your name I know.
0: God reminds us of his setting aside of the tribe of Levi to serve him. Welcome to today's edition of Truth in Christ. Pastor Rob continues our study in chapter 10 by reviewing the role of the tribe of Levi within the tribes of Israel. We know that each tribe was allotted land given to them by God. However, the Levites were assigned the duties of serving God as a priesthood, and God ordered the other tribes to set aside cities for the Levites to dwell in. The Levites were chosen by God to serve Him, and that was their inheritance. Today, when we place our trust and belief in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we too are chosen as a priesthood to serve our Lord in all that we do. Here's Pastor Rob with today's message.
1: Numbers chapter 20. Uh, We're just going to look at uh, verses 22 through 29, because it has a little bit more information about this. It says, Now the children of Israel, the whole congregation, they journeyed from Kadesh, and they came to Mount Hor. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in Mount Hor by the border of the land of Edom, saying, Aaron shall be gathered to his people. For he shall not enter the land which I have given to the children of Israel, because you rebelled against my word at the water of Meribah. So even Aaron himself, Moses' older brother, was not allowed to go into the promised land because of their rebellion, because of Moses' rebellion, and certainly because of Aaron's rebellion, You know, misrepresenting the Lord. He was not even allowed to go into the promised land, as we know. Because, and then it says, uh, verse 25, it says, Take Aaron and Eleazar, his son, and bring them up to Mount Hor, and strip Aaron of his garments, and put them on Eleazar, his son, for Aaron shall be gathered to his people and die there. So Moses did, just as the Lord commanded. And they went up to Mount Hor in the sight of all the congregation. And Moses stripped Aaron of his garments, and put them on Eleazar, his son. And Aaron died there on the top of the mountain, Then Moses and Eleazar came down from the mountain. Now when all the congregation saw that Aaron was dead, all the house of Israel mourned for Aaron for 30 days. Can you imagine? You know, most people don't get the opportunity to know when the day that they're going to pass on. I'm glad that I don't know that. Can you imagine if the Lord was to tell you exactly when you were going to pass, how that would change our lives? Maybe it wouldn't change it at all. You know, if you're walking with the Lord and are obedient to him, it might not change much because you're kind of walking with him anyway. You're just like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to continue doing what you've put in my heart and who I am. But he says, come up, bring, bring the two of them up on the mountain because Aaron is going to die up there. <laughs> you know." And so there he is. Can you imagine that? I mean, the whole time he's walking up, to, walking up to the mountain, he's thinking, I've only got a few hours to go here, right? In Numbers chapter 33... In verse 38 it says, Aaron the priest, he went up to Mount Hora at the command of the Lord and died there in the 40th year after the children of Israel had come out of the land of Egypt on the first day of the fifth month. So when you start putting these, these different accounts of, of things together, you get a bigger picture. Isn't that true of what the Gospels are like too? You put all the Gospels together and you get this bigger picture of, of events and how they came to pass. Same thing here, when you look through, like even comparing these two scriptures in, in, in the book of Numbers, you get a little more information, and you get a lot of information when you put it all together. And I love that about the Word of God. It's so so rich and so filled with God's plan. Verse 7, back in Deuteronomy 10, it says, from there they journeyed to uh, Gudgoda. I'm probably butchering that name, and from Gudjgoda to... Jotbaphah a land of rivers of water. And at that time, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister to him, and to bless his name to this day. And therefore, Levi has no portion nor inheritance with his brethren. The Lord is his inheritance, just as the Lord your God promised him. And you know, when, when you think about this, you think of all the, the tribe's that there are, the 12 tribes. And God said, there's a specific tribe that I want to serve me. And he set them apart. And can you imagine what the other tribes might be thinking? You know, were they jealous? I mean, put yourself in in, in the equation here and think about that. Were they jealous that God had chosen a people, a group of uh, tribe? Or maybe they weren't jealous. We don't really know. It doesn't really matter. Look with me at Numbers chapter 35, because it really talks about him, the Lord, separating this tribe. And we're just going to look at verses 1 through 8 of chapter 35 of Numbers. And it says, and the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. And again, this is, um, you know, the, the place where we're reading in, in Deuteronomy, we haven't even crossed the Jordan yet. Okay. We haven't crossed it yet. So this is something that the Lord um, did uh, before before they crossed over. So, and the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho, saying, command the children of Israel that they give the Levites cities to dwell in from the inheritance of their possession, and you shall also give the Levites common land around the cities. And they shall have the cities to dwell in, and their common land shall be for their cattle and for their herds and for all their animals. So they would have each of the 12 tribes would give up a certain amount of their land for the Levites living in those different places. And they would also have common land where, because as you know, the Levites would sacrifice, make sacrifices, so they have to have a lot of cattle. So there has to be room to support all of that. And so the other tribes are giving them this land. And they're not going to have it really for themselves. It's, it's going to be just a place they dwell in. It's, but it's still going to belong to the other tribes. So the common land of the cities which you will give the Levites shall extend from the wall of the city outward a thousand cubits all around. And you shall measure outside the city on the east side 2,000 cubits, and on the south side 2,000 cubits, and on the west side 2,000 cubits, on the north side 2,000 cubits. And the city shall be in the middle." And this shall belong to them as common land for the cities. And now among the cities which you will give to the Levites, you shall appoint six cities of refuge, which the manslayer may flee. And to these you shall add 42 cities. So all the cities you will give to the Levites shall be 48. And these you shall give with their common land. And the cities which you will give shall be from the possession of the children of Israel. From the larger tribe you shall give many. From the smaller you shall give few. Each shall have some of its own cities, to the, or, I'm sorry, each shall give some of its cities to the Levites in proportion to the inheritance, inheritance that each receives. And so we're not going to look at um, these other, um, let me see here. I, I think we could go to, uh, let's just go to, let's skip over Deuteronomy uh, 18 and go right to Joshua. Go with me to Joshua chapter 21. Because Joshua chapter 21 is well after now. Zoom forward in history. They've entered the promised land. They've divvied out the land. They divided the land. And now we get to chapter 21. And again, we're just going to look at the first um, eight verses. The first eight verses gives like the outline of the land that is going to be given to the Levites by uh, according to their families, the Kohathites and the, the Gershon and Merari those three heads of the, of the tribe of Levi and also it's going to show us the the cities um, from the different uh, tribes or, or at least the tribes that are going to give land to them I'm sorry so in verse 21 ch- excuse me chapter 21 it says then the heads of the fathers of the houses of the Levites came near to Eleazar remember they've already gotten into the land now and now the Levites are coming forward and saying what about our land you know what about our land So the heads of the fathers' houses of the Levites came near to Eleazar, to Joshua the son of Nun, and to the heads of the fathers' houses of the tribes of the children of Israel. And they spoke to them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan, saying, The Lord commanded through Moses to give us cities to dwell in with their common lands for our livestock. And so the children of Israel gave to the Levites from their inheritance at the commandment of the Lord these cities and their common lands. It says, Now the Lot came for the families of the Kohathites. Remember the Levites, they, they, um, the, the three heads of that was the Kohathites, the Gershonites, and the Merarites. So the Kohathites, it says, the children, um, And the children of Aaron the priest, who were of the Levites, uh, verse 4 there, had 13 cities by Lot from the tribe of Judah, from the tribe of Simeon, from the tribe of Benjamin. So there's three tribes that are going to be giving land to the Levites, to this specific group. The rest of the children of Kohath had ten cities by lot from the families of the tribe of Ephraim, from the tribe of Dan, and from the half-tribe of Manasseh. And then it goes on for the children of Gershon. And the children of Gershon had thirteen cities by lot from the families of the tribe of Issachar, and the tribe of Asher, and the tribe of Naphtali, and from the half-tribe of Manasseh in Bashan. And the children of Merari, according to their families, had twelve cities from the tribe of Reuben, from the tribe of Gad, and from the tribe of Zebulun. And the children of Israel gave these cities with their common lands, notice that, by lot to the Levites, as the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses. So they were given these cities to to, to dwell in and common lands to feed their flocks. And, and it's just so interesting how the Lord makes sure to take care of those whom serves him. And you know... Um, and it's true for people today, especially, you know, in the ministry. You know, the Lord makes sure he, he provides for those who serve him, who are, you know, even myself, you know. I'm, my family is supported by this ministry. You know, I'm, I'm very blessed to not have to work a second job. And, you know, I'm uh, very blessed about that. I get to spend my time reading and praying now, and it's such a joy. It really is, and I love it. And, and, and I get to share with you the things, you know, in, uh, of, the, of the word of God and the things of God. But, you know, when you think about how God took care of the, the Levites and, and the land and, 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 and not giving them an inheritance of land because the Bible says that the Lord was their inheritance. By serving him in the tabernacle and in the temple, doing the sacrifices, the ministry of that whole thing, a big production <laughs> by doing that that was going to be their inheritance and you know you and i even as part of the church what does paul or what does peter say i'm sorry in first peter chapter two he says but you now you are a chosen generation notice a royal priesthood that's what the levites were they were the, the, there was a portion of them that were, were the priesthood and and then all the other Uh, families of the the, the Gershom and Merarites and all that, they, they all served together. But one tribe or one group of them was specifically for the priesthood itself. But now in the New Testament, Paul, through the Spirit of God, says, now you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are a chosen people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, Gentiles, we were just scattered. We were really not a people. The Jews were a people. But we were not a people. But now, who once were not a people, the Gentiles, but now, we are now the people of God, who have not obtained mercy, but now have, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Amen? So we are all priests. If you think of it, we are all ambassadors. We are all to help, to be part of God's kingdom, sharing the truth and love, telling people what God expects and what we can do to bless God and how we can bless one another. You know, you think of a vocation like that. What a great thing. It's, it's totally other-centered, which makes sense why most people don't go into that ministry because it, is, it isn't self-focused. Most careers are very self-centered, because if I do this, then I get the promotion. And there's nothing wrong with doing well in whatever you do as long as your motivation is to work hard as unto the Lord. But if my heart attitude is to gain so that I can just have more money and exalt myself, then i got a problem. (laughs) Then my life is not going to be as fulfilling as it could be because you and I know very well that when we give our hearts and our energy, our first fruits of our energy, we give it to the Lord, there's a great blessing. In doing that, you can lay your head on your pillow at night and know that you've served the Lord, and there is a blessing in that. There's a there's an inner quiet that you receive as a result of that. But when we work in the flesh all of our life and just do it for our own aggrandizement and just to obtain material possessions, so that we can have you know live on a golf course someday down in Florida, when we get there, we're still going to be upset. When we get there, we're still not going to be content. We're going to get there, and we're going to be out in our golf cart. And there's going to come a time where we're going to be like, you know what, what have I really done with my life? And you know how many men are down in Florida right now on the golf course? I mean, not at this hour. It's dark. But tomorrow, they're going to be out on the golf course, retired. And some, many of them are going to be wondering, you know, I do this every day now, and it's gotten to be kind of, it's not really its just something I do now. I'm not even really enjoying it like I used to. What have I done with my life? Why is it that my family is not around me? Why are my kids scattered all around the country? Why don't they want to be with me? Why is my wife, you know, when I come into the house and I'm spending more time in the house where she is, why is there this tension now between us now that we're retired? Who is this stranger interrupting my day? (laughs) I've talked to people who have been retired, and that's kind of the way it is sometimes. You know, I don't know how I got onto that, but anyway, there's something there for someone. (laughs) So, verse 10, it says, As at the first time I stayed in the mountain forty days and forty nights, and the Lord also heard me at that time, and the Lord chose not to destroy you. And so we see Moses interceding for the people. Remember, after the thing with the the golden calf, God was ready to destroy them. And Moses goes up on the mountain another 40 days, another 40 nights. He's fasting, flying flat, prostrate on the ground, interceding for the people. And you think of a heart like that. I mean, who does that anymore? I mean, when's the last time you had a friend who was going through uh, some kind of terrible thing? And how much time, you know? I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that we have to do this. I mean, because, uh, but, you know, sometimes I think when we're really desperate and we really are serious about something and we really are committed to saying, Lord, I, I want to fall on my face and I just want to pour out my complaint. I want to pour out my heart for this person. You know, the Lord delights when we get to the place where we're forgetting about ourselves. And we're interceding for somebody else. We become more like Christ when we do that. And I'll be honest with you, I don't do that enough. And it's not something I, I can just do in the flesh and just, you know, pat myself on the back. I'm praying that God will give me a heart that I will, and, and He's given me a heart little by little, you know, where you hear about things and you really are broken and you just fall on your face or you just, you just get alone somewhere and you just you pray for 5, 10, 20 minutes for that person, you know, in real, sincere prayer god loves it when we do that we got to return to that to really pray to know that god really does hear prayer and he and he delights in hearing us come to him interceding and being that example like moses was like jesus is bible says that he's ever living to intercede for us right now he ever lives to make intercession for us even right now in verse 11, it says, Then the Lord said to me, Arise and begin your journey before the people, that they may go in and possess the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. And it says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Doesn't that sound like Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5? That's exactly where this is coming from. To, to fear the Lord, to have an awe of him. And you know if there honestly, if there's anyone to really fear in the universe, it's God. Aren't you glad that God is benevolent, that He's a He's a good God? I mean, think of the horror and the terror it would be if God was anything other than what He really is. If God wasn't love, if God was hate, think of how our lives would be. We would be in jeopardy every day, look wondering, just any moment a lightning bolt could come down and zap me and consume me. The earth would be unpopulated, there'd just be a bunch of black marks where the lightning came down and consumed everybody. But that's not God. His heart is to love. Fear the Lord your God. Have a reverence for him. Certainly fear him. That's one of the things that brought me to Christ was fear. I don't think fear is so bad, as long as it's provoking me to do something right. (laughs) Somebody told me that because of my sin, I was going to hell. (laughs) And I looked at them, and, and they said it in a way where I knew they weren't just, you know, they weren't on a corner with a placard yelling at me. No, this was a friend who was, I was sitting in his Cadillac, and there we are sitting there, and he's got the Bible out, and he's telling me lovingly, Rob, your sin. This is what the Bible says. And I love you, but here's what the Bible says. Read it for yourself. He opened it up to the page in the chapter. There's something about reading the Bible for myself, about what I am and who I was at that time, that changed me. Because he wasn't just telling me. I wasn't just taking his word for it. I was reading it in black and white on the page that's been around for thousands of years. And here I am reading it, and it's killing me. (laughs) Because it's so true. It's a living word. It's not like just something like a textbook. God was speaking through him, and God was there in that car. And that was in a moment where I had to make the decision. And I made the decision. But God is a good God. Fear the Lord. Fear him. Reverence him. And also fear him. I had a fear that where I was going, if I was to die that night, where I was going to go. And that's not always so bad. Fear. It provokes us, doesn't it? It provokes us to do the right thing. What a great catalyst sometimes to do the right thing. Fear of getting caught. Fear of being discovered. Fear of letting my flesh express itself. I think fear is one of the greatest gifts we've been given. One of the greatest things we've been given. Because by fear, I, I start thinking about things differently. I'm like, I'm not going to do that because this is what happened the last time I did that. I'm not going to do that. And that's God's design. But reverence him, fear him, walk in all of his ways and love him. Serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And verse 13, and, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today, for your good. Notice, it was for their own good. Are his commandments there to just ruin your fun? It may ruin your fun if your definition of fun is partiness and, and revelry and drinking and doing all kinds of things. If that is your definition of fun, then your fun will be ruined. But folks, you and I both know, you can live along, and young folks especially you know, in this culture there's a temptation to do those things because everything in the media and all the advertisements, especially this time of year, around Christmas, you see a commercial on Christmas. I don't watch that much television. If we watch anything right now, we're watching the Hallmark stuff, those love stories where everything is perfect and nobody has a problem. Everyone's good-looking, wealthy, and there's always some lady who is you know who's got this job in New York and the plot is at the end and she's got to go back to to satisfy her boss's you know whatever he wants her to do and she's got her heart it's in muskogee wisconsin or whatever it is in this beautiful chalet and you know the deer are prancing and everything is just so right and everything's so beautiful and there's they're both of them are so beautiful everyone's just so beautiful everything's beautiful everything everything is just beautiful <laughs> but no that's not what god does he He does it for your own good. He's the author of everything. And so he knows what's good for you. So he's going to tell you the truth. And the truth sometimes doesn't feel good. Sometimes we resist the truth.
0: Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth.